Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, the show where America is the star, where the American people are the star. And we're looking for your stories. Always send them to ouramericanstories.com. Our listeners' stories are some of our favorites. Which brings us to this one, a listener's story sent to us from Roger Wrench in Iowa. Take it away, Roger. 
My father, Richard Wrench, was a great golfer. He was an amateur champion and member of the Marine Corps championship team. He died in 1996 at the young age of 62. And I have a scrapbook full of newspaper clippings, pictures, and awards he won as a young man. Though he never quite made it, his dream was to be on the PGA Tour. He loved the game and taught it to me at a very young age. When I was 10 years old in the winter of 1971, my dad got a job as a golf pro at a country club. We packed up quick and moved from the inner city of Kansas City to the small town of Sheridan, Iowa, population 4,000. Because we moved into a small apartment in the Lakeview Country Club clubhouse, we couldn't bring our dog Flash with us, so we had to give him away. Flash was my first pet, and I loved that dog. I cried for days. It still hurts to think about it today. I begged my dad to let me bring Flash, but they wouldn't allow a pet in the clubhouse. As much as I loved golf and the idea of living on a golf course, giving my buddy away was heartbreaking. Once we got there, I began to make adjustments to our new home. Some pleasant, some not so pleasant. To my delight, I got to go sled riding anytime on the hilly fairways of the golf course, and I made tracks everywhere. In school, I was a fifth grade novelty to my new classmates. Back in Kansas City, I had went to a private school and dressed nice every day. But among these rural Iowa farm kids dressed in jeans and plaid in a small town public school, I stood out. The girls thought the new city kid was kind of cute. The boys were jealous and taunted me saying, church ain't till Sunday, pretty boy. And where did you come from? Just as I started to get used to my new environment, suddenly it was over. Something bad happened, my dad lost his job, and we moved back to Kansas City. Though I was happy to be reunited with my friends, I was disappointed to leave the golf course. And worse yet, we couldn't get our dog flashback, which hurt even more. What a roller coaster of a month it was. Perhaps it was destiny that in 2005, I returned to Iowa to reside there once again, this time in Des Moines, where I've stayed a little longer this time around. And on November 4th, 2021, I was doing some delivery work in Southern Iowa and my last stop was in Sheridan. As I exited off Highway 34 on the west edge of town, directly in front of me, there it was, my boyhood Iowa home. Even though the clubhouse had been redesigned and looked a bit different, I recognized it immediately. I hadn't thought of this place in many years, yet here I was having a random deja vu moment 50 years later. I couldn't resist stopping in and looking around. I searched for it, but the apartment was no longer there. I went downstairs to the bar where a few people were chatting. And I asked them, have any of you been around here for about 50 years? Two older gentlemen nodded. 
I asked if the area above the bar used to be an apartment. They confirmed it was, and to their amazement, I told them my story. I asked if they knew of any old course records or scrapbooks. They didn't, but said I should check out their Facebook page. I hung out a little longer, reminiscing, enjoying the beautiful lake view, and taking some pictures. That night at home, I pulled out my old photo album with five faded 1971 prints of the clubhouse, the snow-covered fairway, and the lake. I took shots of those pictures on my phone and visited Lakeview's Facebook page. Then I wrote them a letter and emailed it to the course along with my 50-year-old photos. I figured they might like to know my story and share it with their club members. Maybe they'll invite me to speak at an event there someday. Wouldn't that be something? I've always wondered what happened with my dad's job, why it ended as quickly as it got started, why I had to give away my dog, and why growing up in Iowa wasn't meant to be. It was a memorable, bittersweet experience for a young boy. Maybe someday soon I'll get the opportunity to solve that mystery. Splashing in a flash flood of memories. Roger. And a great job on the production on that piece by Madison. And a special thanks to Roger Wrench in Des Moines, Iowa. And our iHeart station in Des Moines, WHO. Well, we get great stories from that station. And if you are a listener anywhere in this great country or on podcast or however you get the product, send your stories to OurAmericanStories.com. And by the way, send the stories not only of the, of the joy, but these mini mysteries and some of the tragedy, too. All of it together makes for a, a richer story. And don't be afraid to send a sad one. And this one's a mystery in the end. He still wants to know what happened, why he moved to Iowa, and why he moved back. And my goodness, as kids, there are a lot of mysteries. I mean, our parents don't tell us everything, and often for good reason. The story of Roger Wrench, the story of his move to small-town Iowa, and then back to the big city, Kansas City. His story here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. This is Our American Stories, and our next story is about a gem. It turns out diamonds haven't always been rare stones. Since 1870, when huge diamond mines were discovered in South Africa, soon after that discovery, the British financiers behind the South African mining effort realized the diamond market 
would be saturated if they didn't do something about it. So in 1888, they set two audacious goals. One, monopolize diamond prices by creating De Beers mines. De Beers would then be able to stabilize the market by creating both the supply and the demand for diamonds worldwide. Tom Zollner is a journalist and professor who lives in Los Angeles. He wrote the book, The Heartless Stone, A Journey Through the World of Diamonds, Deceit and Desire. Here's Tom with the story of that journey. My name is Tom Zollner, and when I was 32 years old, I entered into what is a fairly common rite of passage for a man in America. I asked somebody to marry me, and I gave her a diamond engagement ring because that's just what you were supposed to do. And I knew very little about diamonds. Um, I studied up on it as best I could, uh, which wasn't very deep. Um, and I learned that there's this tradition out there that you're supposed to spend two months of your salary as a benchmark, sort of a sliding scale for uh, what's expected. And I wanted to do what was expected. So um, I figured out what I could afford and uh, I bought a uh, her name is Anne, was Anne. I bought her a diamond ring. Uh, I say was because the engagement broke up and I was uh, made the owner of a used diamond ring. And I learned, wow, there's really not a lot to do with this. Um, I didn't want to let go of it for emotional reasons. And I also learned if I was just going to sell it back on the used market that there really is no used market. And... As the ring just sort of sat there in the back of my closet, I began to wonder more and more about it, and it might have been a way of channeling the grief over the lost relationship, but I began to look into diamonds in a way that was a little bit deeper and a little bit different than, uh, than I did when I was researching what to buy. I wanted to know, well, where did this come from? And so this took me on uh, what you might call a quest. It lasted for 18 months, and in that time, I went to 16 different countries on the globe to try and understand where diamonds come from and why we hunger for them. So I'll tell you just a little bit about uh, where I went. First, I went to a place called the Central African Republic, which is a diamond-producing nation at the heart of Africa. It's one of the poorest countries on the globe. It produces... Uh, it ranks number 10 in terms of diamond production among all countries, and yet uh, it is uh, poverty of some of the worst kind, political instability of some of the worst kind. And those two things, unfortunately, go together. I went out to the back country and learned how diamonds are mined for guys who are making less than uh, a dollar an hour to uh, comb through the soil, very dangerous work, uh, sometimes in violent conditions, to find uh, these uh, pieces of carbon which are brought up to the Earth's surface through uh, these volcanic tubes of what's called the kimberlite. And so you find them in the river bottoms. It's some of the most primitive mining imaginable. And uh, some of these diamonds emerging from such miserable conditions still find their way to uh, the U.S. market. I went to Angola, another uh, nation in Africa, of course, uh, which has been racked with, uh, had been racked by civil war, largely funded through the, the smuggling and the sales of diamonds. Uh, I went to India, which is the 
headquarters, uh, the the state of the Indian state of Gujarat, uh, polishes the majority of diamonds uh, in the world. And I saw the conditions in some of these factories where child labor is used to uh, get the diamonds into the glittery shape that uh, Westerners have expected. Uh, I went to Russia to uh, see the birthplace and still the uh, the headquarters of the synthetic diamond industry, a way that uh, machines have been built to recreate the, the, the heat and the pressure and the Earth's mantle that create the diamonds in the first place. And then I took a long look at the marketing history of the diamond, um, the way that uh, these shiny pebbles have been sold uh, to Western consumers through the genius, and I say that word uh, with a certain amount of respect, but also advisedly, the genius of the corporation called De Beers Consolidated Mines, which uh, cornered the market in South Africa uh, in the uh, 1890s, thanks to the, uh, the scheming of an Oxford graduate named Cecil Rhodes, for whom the Rhodes Scholars are, are named. Uh, Cecil Rhodes founded uh, the De Beers Corporation and, and, and hit upon the insight that the way that you create high prices uh, for, these, uh, for these little minerals is that you just simply create artificial scarcity in the market, which is uh, what he did and what De Beers continues to uh, try and accomplish, even though it no longer dominates the market as it did today. So it was not only a hive of artificial scarcity. It was also a, uh, a marketing factory. Uh, it was the De Beers Corporation that created this idea out of whole cloth, an invented custom that a young man is supposed to spend two months of his salary on his sweetheart's engagement ring. That turns out, it, it sounds like something from Charles Dickens, but it's actually a, uh, a complete marketing fable. And it was also out of the De Beers uh, Idea Factory with the help of a New York ad agency called J. Walter Thompson. Uh, th this idea of the eternity of a diamond, the poetry surrounding this trinket. Um, I look back at some of the ads that were created in the, in the Great Depression to uh, convince American men that this is what they needed to do, just to spend money even in the midst of a depression. And the ads all centered around the idea of temporality and of mortality and of the idea that this diamond is going to survive you. It's almost rather morbid. But this was a successful advertising strategy, and it was out of this notion that your diamond will last beyond you that the, that the brilliant uh, slogan was coined, a diamond is forever. The diamond engagement ring. How else could two months' salary last forever? A diamond is forever, De Beers. So, just to give respect where respect is due, there, there is something chemically unique about a diamond. It's, uh, as it goes on the Mohs scale of density, it is a 10 out of a 10 scale. Almost no other mineral, in fact, no other mineral, has the ability to slow down light uh, within the chamber of uh, its interiors. This is why a diamond sparkles so well. Uh, the speed of light at 186,000 uh, miles per second is slowed down to 77,000 miles per second 
within a diamond, which is why it sparkles. And when you polish it in a particular configuration, the uh, the effect is is is, is really dazzling. I'm, I, I have no issue with that. Um, but to slow down the light, um, in some ways, is a metaphor for the diamond itself. It is a uh, a chamber of slow light and emptiness, because at the heart of the diamond, which was my conclusion, is mythology. The mythology that society has spun around it and the individual mythologies that we put around diamonds. The story we tell about them, which is, in fact, in its most prominent feature, the story of our engagement, the story of our marriage, one of the most mysterious and frightening uh, and lovely and potentially heartbreaking things that we get to do. Uh, the genius of De Beers and the diamond industry was that it was able to set up a toll booth uh, right at the entrance to this adventure. And this, for me, is the true legacy of the diamond. And at the heart of the, the book uh, that I wrote called The Heartless Stone. And you've been listening to Tom Zollner, journalist and professor, his book The Heartless Stone, the story of the diamond here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip I thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board This is Uncanny USA He says somebody's in the house and I screamed Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And we're back with Our American Stories. For nearly 60 years, Hess trucks have brought smiles to children and adults up and down the East Coast. Today we bring you the story behind this iconic brand, both from the Hess toy truck director and a super fan. Here's Robbie with the story. The Hess truck's back. It's a cargo plane and jet flying through the sky. This year, For many families across the country, the holiday season doesn't start until they hear the Hess jingle come across the airwaves. These green and white toy trucks and race cars and spaceships have been found underneath Christmas trees since 1964. But where did this all start? Here's Justin Mayer, Director of Brand Marketing and General Manager of Hess Toy Trucks, to tell us more. You kind of have to start at the very beginning of where the legacy is, and that is really with Leon Hess, who is the Hess Corporation founder, before he started the company. You know, his family emigrated here in the early 1900s. He was born in 1914. His father was originally a butcher. Um, but when he came here to the States, he actually got into the coal delivery business. Uh, and as everybody knows, as you get into the 20s uh, and the 30s, times were a little tough here in America. Uh, and people are doing what they can to, to make ends meet. That business went bankrupt and Leon Hess was working for his father at the time. And so here we are in the Great Depression. The family is, is not doing well, to be frank. But in 1933, when his family's business goes bankrupt, he essentially reorganizes it um, and turns it from a coal business into a oil delivery business. He buys a 1926 Chevy 615 gallon tanker truck, uh, which is very iconic and people will recognize it because it's a toy that we've produced since then, a replica of that and the original one sits in our corporate offices today. But he, he reorganizes the, the assets of his father's bankrupt business and he starts this Hess Corporation, uh, which is really the start in 1933 of Hess Today. Over the next couple of years, he grows his fleet to a handful of fuel delivery trucks. And he's going door to door seven days a week, starting in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Then World War II comes. Leon enlists, and he actually ends up working for General Patton uh, as a fuel delivery logistics expert. But he comes back from the war with all of this extra learning about fuel supply and how to move and logistics. And he says, you know, we, we can do more than just deliver fuel oil. So he 
starts expanding the fleet of fuel delivery, but he also builds his first refinery. So that way he can have different types of fuel that he's delivering with all of his truck fleets. And then he says, oh wow, if we can make all these different types of fuel, including gasoline, why am I just selling that to other people? I can sell it direct to customers if I build gas stations, right? So it's so entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial spirit, right? The idea that I can do anything, it's the American dream, I can build it from scratch, and he does. So about 1960, the first Hess gas station is built. Now, I say that because many of your listeners may not have never heard of a Hess gas station. Uh, but what they will recognize uh, around this time, because he was so successful with his fuel oil delivery business and then his refinery and then his gas stations, is he actually becomes wealthy enough to become a partial owner in what ultimately will become the New York Jets, the NFL football team. By 1963, he's got a bunch of gas stations in New Jersey. He's a partial owner of the, of, of the Titans, which become the New York Jets, which by the way, they're, they're green and white for a reason. And the history of the Hess toy truck actually starts at a jet game. The story goes that uh, Leon Hess is at a Jets game uh, with a friend of his, longtime friend that he grew up with from the neighborhood in Perth Amboy, who happened to be in the toy business. Mark's Toys was a Virginia-based toy manufacturer, very popular in the 50s and 60s. Uh, they're, they're no longer in business uh, today. But apparently during conversation of the game, hey, Leon, have you ever thought about offering something other than gas at your gas stations? You know, we could make a really cool toy that would be really interesting. And so then you can start seeing the wheels turn with Leon. He goes, well, one of the things that always stuck with him as a kid, as he later recounted the story, was that during the Great Depression, you know, he didn't have at the holiday times. He saw others didn't have at the holiday times. So he wanted a toy that not just was, oh, I can sell this at my gas station. It was something special and different and unique to Hess. It was going to be of quality that nobody could match. It was going to be innovative. And above all else, besides the quality of it, it was going to be affordable. And so in 1964, the Hess toy truck hits the market for the first time. And what is it? It's an oil tanker. It, so it's, it's a, you know, a truck with one of those long oil tankers that you would see them deliver fuel oil directly into the gas stations. Uh, and the actual toy itself was really innovative in a couple of ways. One, it had batteries included, which before that time didn't exist. People weren't putting batteries in the toys. So, so one, from an affordability standpoint, you didn't have to go out and buy extra batteries. And two, it was really easy to gift because the minute you could open it, the kids could play with it. Now, it also had working lights. Very few toys back then actually had electronics. If you can think back to the early 1960s, there wasn't like a lot of electronics in any toy vehicles, very few, uh, in fact. And it, it also had the ability to fill up water into the tank and a hose that could empty the water out of it. So it was really something special. Our history all says that the first retail price is $1.29. Now, Others will say, you know, we can't, we actually can't find anything other than signs that say $1.39 is the price. So we know that for sure. Uh, so there's all speculation about where the $1.29 comes from, but let's just call it $1.30, make, make it easy. But that was the first, you know, the first Hess toy truck back in 1964. And because it was such a cool toy and it was so affordable, it sold out really fast. And so they said, wow, this is, this is a great idea. We should do this again next year. So they did it again next year. Wow, sold out even faster. Man, we should, we should, you know, we should, let's figure out what else we can do here. And, you know, where do we go with this thing? 
Uh, and so what happened was it, it really created this, this you, know, you think about the Cabbage Patch Kid type craziness in the 1980s. Well, Hess predated that quite a long time because you couldn't go to Toys R Us or today Walmart or Target or Amazon or whatever. The only way that you could get the most popular toy was to stand in line at a gas station. And they would go on sale on Thanksgiving Day. And so it became this really interesting holiday tradition. You know, mom would get up and start the turkey and dad would get up, you know, go to the gas station, stand in line with his coffee, and he could be out there a couple of hours waiting in line that goes wrapped around the block to get two Hess trucks, cash only. And if you wanted more, back of the line, start again. And it became this, this tradition where families started to look forward to this and, and people would meet other families in line and they would get to know these people. And every year they would make a tradition out of getting up. And sometimes when the, when the kids were old enough, they would join in on this and they would go out and wait with dad uh, as like this cool tradition. Like some people go to the Macy's parade. Other people were going to, to the Hess locations and, and just hanging out for a couple of hours till they got their trucks. And they would sell out very fast, and so people would line up and for the fear of not wanting to, to, to miss out. Uh, and, and what was really uh, also pretty cool about it is, uh, for years and years and years, um, it was on Thanksgiving. But it got to the point where the police effectively needed to be involved to mitigate the traffic issues around the Hess stations. And so a uh, call from the governor basically saying, look, look, look Leon, please, can, can we do this not on a holiday because like we really don't want to have all, all of our officers out there. It's not fair. They want to be home. And we said, yes, we can, of course we can accommodate that. And so we ended up shifting uh, the on-sale date off of the, the traditional Thanksgiving day out of, out of um, understanding of, of the issues that we were creating with all the traffic jams and an already very busy travel holiday, holiday time. But it, it became this spark for this frantic collectability of these toy trucks. And because they were hard to get, like anything else, it became really valuable in the resale market. And you've been listening to Justin Mayer, Director of Brand Marketing and General Manager of Hess Toy Truck. And when we come back, more of the story of Hess Toy Trucks here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of Hess Toy Trucks, the East Coast holiday phenomenon that is now spread across the country. When we last left off, we heard how folks would line up around the block to buy a toy truck. I did that myself with my brothers. And at all places, at a gas station, and there was not a Hess station in our town, we had to go to the next town to do it and walk there. Back to Justin Mayer, director of brand marketing and general manager of Hess Toy Truck, with the rest of the story. So early on, the goal of the Hess Toy Truck was to produce a, a very realistic vehicle that was something that existed in the real Hess business. So the example, the first one of that oil tanker that would, and when I say oil tanker, I mean one that drives on the road, um, and that's important clarification, I'll get to that in a second, um, that you would drive to the gas station and then the fuel jumps into the big containers you know, underground. So that was the first one. And, and shortly after that, we did the actual ocean freight oil carrier, right? The, uh, the, you know, tanker, as they call it. Um, it was the Voyager, which was really a large vessel, an oil vessel carrying, carrying boat vessel that Hess did own. 
And that was, that was highly successful in 1967. So it was like this awesome lab, it was like 18 inches long, it was ginormous, highly detailed, had lights, really cool. Uh, in fact, if you can get your hands on one of those today, they go for like $4,000. Um, so really, you know, a collector's piece today. But after that, they kept on with other things that Hess did, ranging from fire trucks, and people were like, well, what do you need fire trucks? Well, at refineries, it's really important to have emergency services vehicles. So we had fire trucks, we had box trucks that we would use that would have little drum barrels of oil that would be used for transportation. Uh, so they were very popular for a number of years, different box trucks and things of that nature, uh, all the way really up until the 19, uh, late 1980s. And in the late 1980s, they said, you know, kids are sort of, they, they love these toys, they love to play with them. We should really do something that's a little bit more fun to play with. You know, we know that the collectors love like, yes, it's a Hess product, but this is made for kids, the kids toy. So let's, let's do some, some cooler things, some fun things. And we started introducing products that really had nothing to do with the Hess traditional business of, you know, running gas stations and refineries and, and drilling for oil or, and, and natural gas and all of that. And so, you started seeing, you know, the whole racing theme. A lot of race cars came in the years after that, and, and then we started pushing boundaries further, and you ended up with, all right, well, now we're not just giving you one toy, now we're gonna give you two toys, so, so here's a truck and a race car. And so you started seeing all of this sort of innovation in product, but again, only one toy was released a year. And so you didn't know what it was gonna be. It was top secret until it came out on sale. And with this ever-expanding type of vehicle, what we started seeing was that you know, on Christmas morning, people weren't just playing with the gift they got that year. They would go out, dig up all the old ones out of their basement or take them out of the closet and use them either as holiday decoration because they all lit up and they looked beautiful under the Christmas tree or on the mantle. But then they would play with all of their collection and create this amazing imaginary play world of Hess. And because, well, now I have a fire truck and I have a tanker and I have a race car and I have a helicopter and I have a spaceship, all of a sudden it becomes just, you know, a world of play. And so folks think about, oh, well, Lego, you can play with it so many different ways and that's why, you know, it, it's got staying power. Well, that's really true of the Hess truck fleet too, because there's so many different ways to create new play scenarios with it. Um, and as your collection grows, so does who you play with. Um, and, I, and I think that's an important point too, because what we found was the, the trucks, not only were they just fun to play with, but they became a very emotional bond between the gift recipient and the gift giver. Somebody had to care enough to wake up on Thanksgiving morning and stand in line in the freezing cold in some parts of the country, right? And make sure they got you that hash truck before it sold out and it became a tradition. So every year, you know, people will come up to me and say, oh, I used to get it as a kid. And the next line is always, it was my uncle who, or my aunt, whatever. It's not just the toy, it's who gave me the toy. And that's something that's really unique. And the tradition of, of that continues today where people are always like, well, you know, my dad passed now, but now I carry on the tradition for my kids and their kids and that handing off of the tradition and it, sometimes we hear fights within a family over who gets to be the one that gives the Hess toy trucks when the older generation has passed on because it's been almost 60 years and we see that, that transition. It's one thing to talk about customer loyalty and the impact Hess trucks have had on generations, but it's another thing to hear from those people themselves. Here's Mike Roberto, 
author of the Hess Truck Encyclopedia. Here's how my story starts. It's 1977. I'm five years old. I believe it was like a Wednesday night. It was a school night. I remember that. I was going to probably kindergarten at the time, right? And uh, my dad didn't get home till about 536 o'clock. And I remember my mom telling me something about wait until like your dad gets home. But in the good way, not the, oh, wait until your dad gets home, you know? And I remember it was cold and dark, and we lived in the Bronx at the time in New York. I remember my dad let me sit in the front seat, okay, which was, you know, a big thing for a little kid. Um, and I remember, and he and he took me to, um, he took me to the Hess station uh, to, to get a toy truck, right? And what was interesting is, we had a family mechanic, his name was Rocco, and I remember, you know, whenever we brought the cars to him, because my mom had a car and my dad had a car, and I remember everything there was all dirty and greasy and grimy, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a mechanic's garage, right? And when we got to the station, you know, everything was just lit up so white and clean and pretty, and I remember look, asking my dad, you know, how how could they be so so all like white and clean? I mean, to me, it looked like I was in heaven, right? And uh, my dad had explained to me uh, that he well he said that you know they don't fix cars here; they they just sell gas, so that's how it can you know be all white and clean. And I remember as as a five year old. It blew my mind. I understood the reference. Like, it made sense to me, you know? And I felt I felt like a big kid for that, you know? And I, I remember being... I, I remember that moment more than getting the physical truck at the station. But I do remember we went inside, and there was a guy with a metal desk. And, and you know, they had the trucks inside, what they call the fish bowl or the fish tank. Um, so, and I remember playing with the toy, of course. And um, so... Not too long after that, uh, it my dad um, had uh, he became terminal. Uh, he had uh, a form of muscular dystrophy. Anyway, that memory went on to become only one of three positive memories that I have of my dad before he became sick, and um, you know, years later. Um, not too long after his passing, I remember driving in Long Island because at this point we lived in Queens and um, naturally there wasn't many Hess stations around where we lived, but every time I drove past uh, a Hess station, you know, going to Long Island, I always thought of my dad, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, it was, it was, a, it was that positive neural association. The Hess fandom truly is something amazing. It includes everyone from little boys from the Bronx to Olympic gold medalists. And it's amazing, like every year I hear of other people who are fans of the Hess truck and have some relation to the Hess truck. You know, I don't know, two or three years ago, we sold out really early. And all of a sudden I get like this, this direct DM from Michael Phelps. I'm like, this has to be like a joke, right? Sure enough, no, he waited too long and we sold out. And he's like, oh, I got three boys. I bet my whole, he grew up in Baltimore on the nine. I got to get these things. What do I do? I'm like, man, we sold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy, buy fast. Uh, but it's funny. We hear those kinds of stories. We get reached out by people all the time that have a strong connection uh, to that. A lot of celebrities. Um, and so it's just great. It's a great tradition that lives on. Um, 
and so many people are part of it that you don't even realize it, but it really touches my heart every year when I get, you know, every day I wake up to a new set of emails or videos. Oh, I gave it for Hanukkah last night. And so it's like, I get all these, oh, look, here's my, here's a video of my kid opening it. And they all just love it. Um, and it's really, it's heartwarming. It's heartwarming. And a special thanks to Robbie on the production on that piece. What a delight. And a special thanks to Justin Mayer from Hess Toy Truck. And also a special thanks to Mike Roberto, fandom defined right there, folks. The Hess Truck Encyclopedia is his contribution to this world that I know and so many East Coast people grew up with. What I did not know is the story of Leon Hess and his father, a Lithuanian Jew, comes to this country, starts a coal delivery company, goes into bankruptcy. His son takes up the mantle, turns it into a oil delivery company, a mini empire. By the way, learned a lot of what he needed to learn from General Patton. What a beautiful and big and bold story about a man, his dream, and how his family kept it going. The story of the Hess toy truck here on Our American Stories. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.